average deal for us uh, it sits around uh, 24k um, today. So um, it's it's a number that keeps on growing um, quarter over quarter. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Sindre Holland. He was born and raised in Norway, but lives with his beautiful wife, son, daughter, and, and dog in Brooklyn, New York. He's the founder and CEO of Sales Screen, the world's most comprehensive gamification platform that creates a fun, motivating, and competitive atmosphere for revenue teams. All right, Sindre, you ready to take us to the top? Sure. All right. This revenue space is sort of hot right now. Would you put yourself in like the revenue intelligence space or like the call tracking space or more like an HR tool, gamification tool to help people meet their quota? Or definitely a sales tool, uh, meaning, you know, that, that's the people that we talk to. But uh, I would say we're kind of like a counterbalance to a lot of the craze uh, recently, you know, with the outreach and uh, uh, I think it was Gong uh, announcing yet another, you know, Gong buster round, as they call it. Uh, but they're all about like you know automation, artificial intelligence, machine learning. We're more more about the humans. It's like you know it's still people closing business, and and your biggest asset and cost I would say is people. So how can you kind of unlock that next level uh, by pushing the human buttons? So that's kind of where we sit. So tell me more about Sales Screen. What, what's the title of the person at a company that's usually paying for your technologies? The head of sales, head of revenue, something else? Yeah, it's usually uh, you know all the way up to the top uh, with the CRO or chief commercial officer, or chief sales officer, depending on the industry. But um, it's it's usually you know within the sales uh, trajectory, and and there's always sales enablement and um, you know sales operations involved in evaluating um, the purchasing decision. But eventually, it's going to come up to the uh, CRO or like a VP sales type of personality. And what are these CROs paying for your technology on average per month? Uh, you know, an average deal for us uh, sits around twenty-four k um, today. So um, it's it's a number that keeps on growing um, quarter over quarter. Cinder, is that per year? Yeah, yeah. And and what are they paying for that? Typically, there is it sort of number of seats, feature based upselling, or some usage based metric. So our list price is uh, is fairly simple model. It's it's twenty nine bucks per user per month uh, for the base package. It's paid annually, of course, and then you have five modules that you can add on top. Each of them costing seven dollars per user. Is there um, one of those modules that is more effective at upselling than others? There's always you know two models uh, that that I feel like uh, that people pay out of the gate with. Um, so what are the two? You should almost like yeah, just bundle them into the base package at this point, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the, the boost module, so it's like the, the actual gamification components with the competitions in particular, and uh, it's the reward reward module, which is like um, this coin uh, that you can introduce to uh, inside a platform, and and then you can have your own internal web shop where people can exchange these coins that you make uh, through unlocking bad- badges or hitting your quota or you know. Um, winning prizes in competitions and exchange them for actual gift cards or or days off or giving push-ups to your manager or whatever you want to have in the web. 
that web shop. So take me back to the early days. When did you launch the company? Um, so uh, the company was launched in 2011, actually. I was a student at the time. Uh, but the sales screen product, which we are known for now, that came on the market in March 2014. Um, and, you know, the idea came after iterating with multiple SaaS products that uh, eventually died out or failed. Um, but this idea came from a client which was using uh, well, for other tools for a different purpose that I didn't think of, like uh, we had this messaging sauce application set out to kind of replace text message for corporates and, uh, and this one advertisement sales company, like the yellow pages, just in the Nordics, uh, they sent out like a text message every time somebody closed a deal to create like a virtual tap on the back. Um, even though you're, you know, we're not working or working in the field or in the call center. Uh, and they, they used our tool to, for this purpose, of, like motivating their sales team. Was that uh, your I, first customer in 2014? I, you know, it, it became the first com- uh, customer because I would say they were instrumental in like forming the idea behind SalesGreen. And, and we, we built pretty much every feature since then based on customer requests and what customers were willing to you know, pay for us to prioritize to develop. So mm-hmm. big thanks to them. Now, did you bootstrap up until the pivot in 2014? We did. We actually bootstrapped all the way up to 2018 and surpassed $3 million in ARR as a bootstrap company, uh, 100% employee owned before we took out outside money for the first time. Okay. Well, we'll focus pre-2018 because that's what I love. I love I love hearing these bootstrap stories. And then we'll talk about what why you shifted, why you went the other direction. But get me in your head in 2018. Where were you in terms of revenue and how much did you decide to raise? So, you know, I, I think we can uh, go back to 2017 because that's uh, that's the point where, you know, we, we passed $2 million in ARR. Uh, we were growing nicely. We had this amazing company culture. And everyone was making, you know, good dollars. We we're paying out dividends. Um, you know, things were great. But at the same time, um, Oracle, Dell, SAP, like these companies were knocking on our door, uh, requesting like a quote and, and uh, starting to talk with us, um, interested in our gamification technology. And uh, we realized uh, we weren't big enough. We weren't able or capable of handling their organizations. They were simply told, you know, too big. Um, we had the technology and the technology was scalable enough, but not the organization. So at that point, we kind of realized, okay, uh, you know, what we have here is it's nice and all, but we're not going to win our industry and, and become the, a new category or, you know, a dominant player unless we actually um, embrace this opportunity that is presenting itself more and more. And, and raise money to expand on, on you know, the market opportunity that was there. So um, that kind of made us transition over to bringing in money from the outside for the first time because we saw that the timing was right in the market. Mm-hmm. How much did you end up raising in 2017, 2018? Uh, so at that time, we didn't have like that machine built out that is more well now, known today, I would say, and then which we also have today. But at the point that I wasn't sure like how much money I needed because that Point in time we, we made money so um i raised like two million dollars just to have something to start with um and then uh, since then i haven't really done any emissions either uh just taken i guess total four million more in loan um most recently this year uh, a couple of million more uh, so now we're kind of hitting the stride of where we can convert money that we take into actual growth and uh, the growth is accelerating Quite rapidly. So to talk to me, you, you, 2 million in 2017, 2018 is equity. Um, you mentioned you were paying dividends to the team at that point. How big was the team at that point? Uh, at that point, we were a bit over 20 people, I think. 
And there's a lot of bootstrap founders that are trying to set up dividend plans for their teams. How did you structure your dividends before you raised? So we only pay dividends once. Uh, we, we usually took all the money that we met, uh, made and just uh, reinvested it in future growth. Uh, so we're even at the time very growth oriented. Um, and once the one time we did it, you know, it was based on uh, how much equity each employee owned at the time. Um, naturally, me being the, the founder of the company, I had the most, but uh, later on, I, you know, the, my co-founders um, was instrumental in building sales screen, uh, naturally had second most and then onwards and onwards. How much of the company, again, pre-raising, did you and your co-founder own? 100%. Well, what about your team? Like all the, all the shares was held by employees. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to split up. How much was owned by you and your co-founder versus the team? Oh, okay. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, me and my co-founders, we, at that point in time, I think we own roughly 60% perhaps and, and the rest 40%. Okay. Got it. Six. So that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty aggressive employee option pool. So they're very incentivized. They've got a lot of upside there. Yeah. Um, so, and, and it's still a, a pivotal part of our core strategy is to have everyone involved in the, uh, on the upside. Um, now that we're kind of Raising money again. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. When you broke two million in ARR in 2017, how many customers were you serving? Uh, at that time, we were mainly like SMB focused, so I think we were uh, north of 300. Okay, and how many customers today? Uh, now it's uh, only a bit north of 400 uh, customers, and you know, 20,000 ish uh, salespeople on the platform. Got it. Can I take that? 400 times the $24,000 average ACV. So you're doing like 800 grand a month right now on revenue, something like that. Yeah. Right now we're, um, we're probably going to end this year around 10. Um, so, uh, I think, uh, if I'm going to look at my book revenues right now, we're a bit north of $6 million there. Oh, great. Congratulations. What drove most of the growth from 2017 from 2 million to 6 million today? Um, you know, it's mostly sales, uh, like uh, sales driven and, and us going up market, uh, having larger uh, enterprise clients uh, joining in uh, and getting, you know, 10xing our um, annual contract value. Mm -hmm. And what is growth like if you're at 6 million run rate today, where were you exactly a year ago? Uh, exactly a year ago, uh, you know, a bit less than four. Okay. Um, so Healthy growth. I mean, not like doubling year over year, but still healthy growth. Yeah. If we look at like since 2015, it's 56% year over year um, yeah. growth. And if we look at the annualized growth of like last quarter, we're at 71%. Um, the quarter before that, we're at like 160%. So it still goes a bit up and up and down because we have more of these enterprise deals coming in. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's around 100% growth right now. Mm-hmm. When you, uh, in 2020, I think you said you decided to take a $4 million loan. Is that accurate? And if so, why did you decide to do that? Um, it's, it's mainly because we built out the machine. Um, so, you know, at, th at this point in time, um, we started, uh, one of the goals was kind of to expand in North America. We had the brand recognition, we had most of the revenue in, in Europe, and we wanted to make like the shift towards North America. And um, that's when I moved to New York personally, like into 2019. Um, and we started to to invest more in North America and build out that core team in 2020. Uh, naturally, um, you know, building out a team in New York is a bit more expensive than in uh, Scandinavia. Let's just uh, leave it at 
that. Um, so, you know, it requires some money. Uh, at the same time, as I said, you know, we 10x our annual contract value, um, and uh, we saw uh, lots of growth opportunities, especially here in North America. So, we shifted our revenue from being like mainly um, coming out of uh, of Europe uh, and the Nordics um, to having like uh, you know one third of the revenue coming out of uh, North America and, and you know growing very fast. So, have our project in North America. A lot, there's a lot of different loan products out there right now for SaaS founders. What did you mm-hmm. see when you did this last year? What was your sort of how many years do you have to pay it back? And can you give me a general sense of what what the cost of capital was? So uh, what we did, you know, with 2020 and, and the COVID pandemic as well, we were presented with some options and choices. Like um, uh, when it hit, should you, uh, you know, uh, furlough uh, people like short term because of the uncertainty? Like we being a, such an employee-owned company, that was like a no-go for us. So in that first round of uh, taking equity for the first time, we also sold some shares in the, in the secondary um, so we actually ended up putting most of that money back in <laughs> as a loan. Um, so so that was one part of it. Of, of the $2 million raised in 2017, how, how much of that was a secondary versus... It was primary. Uh, so was secondary was equal amount. Oh, got it. So $2 million was primary, $2 million was secondary, you raised $4 million. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, you can say it. So over <laughs> two, two rounds. So the, the second part came in 2020. So that was kind of like put back into the company mainly. And then... Uh, we did a convertible note uh, this year, just uh, getting up to a bigger round. Yeah, what, the two million you raised this year on the convertible note. What cap were you able to negotiate? No, I was only on a discount on the next round. Oh, smart. So uncapped at what, like a twenty percent discount? Yep. That's not okay. That's not that's not bad. So, I mean, what do you think you can go out now to the market? You're raising now. How much do you want to raise? Um, right now, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be north of 112 million, $120 million. Yeah. You mean your valuation will be north of that? Yeah. Our enterprise valuation, I guess that's yeah, but, essentially but what how you're much, asking for. But how much do you, how much capital do you want to go raise? Uh, so, uh, that's undetermined, uh, yet. Yeah. We're in the process of, of kind of like preparing for this stage now. So uh, I, I can't go out with too many details on this. Where, where is your gut telling you you can invest more capital to get more growth? I'd say first and foremost, it's North America. Um, like uh, it's just incredible uh, how much low hanging fruit there is here right now. Uh, but it's also in our uh, Asia Pacific uh, region. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have an office in, in Singapore. Uh, and uh, we're starting to break through there as well. So we want to replicate the success that we had in UK and Ireland and in North America in the APEC region. And what's your team size today? How many folks? Uh, we're, we're roughly 50 uh, full-time employees. Okay. How many engineers? Um, in product team, we're 15. Okay. Uh, okay, got it. So one, five. Are, are they based here or in Norway? So the product team is mainly based in, in uh, Norway. So we have uh, uh, one person in North America, the rest is in Norway. And how many sales reps do you have that actually do carry a quota? Uh, at this point in time, that's uh, I should have known these uh, numbers, I guess. Uh, An estimate time. I, I think it's around you know 10. Okay. That, I mean, that's always the hardest thing, right? About bringing in capital scale is like, do you hire engineers? Do you hire salespeople? Do you in- increase paid spend? So like, how did you think about your first sales hire and the quota to put them on? You know, it, it is uh, it is hard. That's it, it was definitely hard in the first place. Now it's not hard anymore. Um, now that we have the unit economics kind of dialed in and we see that, okay, 
you know, we, we need um, our pipeline is, is coming from marketing, uh, increasingly more from marketing. We need more resources in that part. Um, we, we are still, you know, sourcing quite large portion of our sales from our field sales team and our BDR SDR team. So that's, there's a ratio starting to kind of form there, two to one. Um, so now, then you can kind of see like, okay, also from the CSM side, we're actually starting to break through on the expansion and upsells uh, of these modules. And um, there's, you know, this hub mentality. Uh, and since our market is so big, uh, we we can build out different types of countries in, in Europe or, or regions or even, uh, you know, West Coast um, as a natural next step here in North America as well uh, mm-hmm. and have these foundational hubs that you kind of grow up and um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's easier to spend money now that you kind of know that, uh, and what to expect from increased marketing spend uh, in terms of traffic on the website and conversion rates and, and uh, SQLs and, and pipeline growth, you know. And Sindri, you definitely want to raise, in other words, if Outreach or Gong or Sales Off or Henry Shuck at Zuminfo came and just said, listen, instead of going and raising a $120 million valuation, here's $100 million all cash up front right now to sell to us, would you exit? Um, hopefully no, but that's not only a for me, uh, I think that we are very much on, on the track to building out the new category like outreach, like chorus, like Gong in the sales um, tech stack, uh, which is, is just, yeah, it, it makes perfect sense to be honest, like especially given the tailwind from COVID uh, and the fact that people are being trusted into a hybrid or even like fully remote setting and getting them, you know, engaged and motivated in their day-to-day work is becoming like a board type of discussion. And we see that um, from our organic inbounds as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the right time to exit for us, uh, to be perfectly honest. But you know, if, if there's a ridiculous amount of uh, of money on the table, then um, I'm never going to say never. Um, if I'm pragmatic like that. When you look at your churn, right, your net dollar retention, are you above 100 at this point? Yeah. How much? So uh, 120 percent is um, yes, yeah, so is pretty. And it's growing, actually. It's grown over the last eight consecutive And what's, quarters. just peeling back that math equation, what, what was gross revenue churn over the past 12 months? Much worse. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't have the exact numbers uh, in front of what me right now. What do you mean right by uh, If we look at the last, um, you know, three quarters, I think it's uh, 120, 117, 107, um, 105. So it's uh, it's like uh, it's a trajectory that I hope continues. Uh, probably you know not because it's, it's still it's already pretty strong. Yeah, what, um, I'm, what but, I'm trying to get a sense of is you have expansion revenue that is more than your contraction revenue. I'm trying to understand what expansion and contraction are to get us to the net number. Yeah, so uh, it's mostly expansion bigger than contraction right now, uh, and upsell is not really a big portion of that uh, number yet, but it's growing. But, so you, for example, you could have 10% churn and 20% expansion or 100% churn and 120%. Like what is the, what is the hole that your expansion is making up for right now? Oh, uh, if you look only on, on the contraction side. Sure. Um, well, you know, hard to say it. I, I, I don't know if I fully follow you on this one because, uh, uh, net, net dollar retention is calculated by taking contraction and adding back expansion. Your, yeah. your number is 110 or 120 right now. So there's yeah. two numbers you add together to get to the 120%. I'm just trying to break down those two numbers. Do, do you know what gross revenue churn was over the past 12 months? No, I don't okay, have that, that in front of me right now. Okay. Like we, we used to follow on our side is, is actual net retention, you know. So um, how do you calculate net? How do you calculate net? 
So the way we do it is, is at least uh, we look at, at the dollar amount. So um, to your point, like there is a contraction and there's an expansion. So in the seats, um, since we from, from the past days had some contracts that went month to month, uh, we could actually get like variation on a month to month basis. Um, so that, that makes it a bit more complicated, but that means that companies could scale down and scale up. Uh, and we actually had like a fluctuation there. Uh, so, so the number of seats is like the, the biggest uh, uh, portion of our net retention number right now. Uh, and then the, the last part is the upselling. So uh, when you look at the, what a, uh, an account pays going into a quarter and what they pay when going out of a quarter, um, that's, um, you know, also has a, um, a portion in that net retention. Yep. No, understood. You just don't know what the contraction is and you don't know what the expansion is. You just know that. I number. don't have the percentage numbers in front of me right now because, no, no um, we, because no of that uh, legacy, we, we kind of have it on sub-annual contracts and annual contracts. So the, the dashboard to, to combine them uh, hasn't been built yet. So I, I only have like the, the numbers, uh, the actual numbers, which was the data analyst and the, and the team kind of dug, dug out. So we're building out that dashboard to have to your point, I understand. Yeah, no, no problem, no problem. We're out of time here. Let's let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, I don't have a favorite right now. Maybe yours. Okay. We'll see. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, no. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? Right now, uh, I would say uh, ABM platform like Demandbase. Like what? Demandbase. Demand base. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, I have two toddlers, so like five. <laughs> so what, married, single, uh, married with two kids? Yeah, married with two kids, and they're both under three years. So it's oh, like wow. yeah, four, five. How, how old are you? <laughs> uh, I'm 32. 32. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, I, I don't know what I wish for came true. So uh, I guess building a company uh, and making a living out of the company that I built was the dream. Guys, salesscreen.com, gamifying the sales process to get better performance out of your reps playing sort of in the same space as a gong, call rail, these revenue acceleration tools. They grew from 4 million in revenue last year in terms of revenue to 6 million. Today, they raised about 4 million in total capital, including a bit of a combination there. That secondary, looking at potentially raising another $10 million today at $120 million plus valuation as they've scaled nicely from 300 to 400 customers over the past three years uh, with their team of 50 people, 15 engineers. And we'll see what happens next. Sendri, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you.